When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Peacock Streaming. The biggest sports and live events on the planet. From Super Bowl 56. What a game this is. To complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. Streaming every event, every day. Yeah. It's all the unprecedented. United States wins gold. Unstoppable. Sensational. Unbelievable. Sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Good morning and welcome to a slightly late edition of the Arsenal podcast, the Arsenal Opinion podcast, might I say. I am here with Matt. Hi, Pete. And I'm here with a, with a long-lost long lost brother. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Curtis. And hello to Matt and you lovely Pete. So good to have you back. Hey, I'm so glad to be it's, back, man. There was a moment where I was like, does he want to be here anymore? Oh, I totally, I have so much love for this. Ah, oh, that's so good. So yeah. we've got, um, we've got Curtis and Matt back and we're, uh, we're here to talk about something exciting and that's, um, that's a victory. Second on the bounce. First away of the season. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about fucking, Second of the year. We're going to talk about fucking Granite Jacker. Fucking. We're going to talk about Emery and his selection woes. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the positives um, that, that we found from the game. So why don't why don't we just why don't we start with the positives? Arsenal won against Cardiff. It was our second away win of the year, which is excellent. It, yeah. it, it, it felt amazing. Um, like top line thoughts on the game, guys. What do you think? Well, I think um, absolutely delighted with the win because we've set ourselves that target of eight wins out of eight. After the opening two games, mm. and we're now two wins into that. We are a quarter of the way, <laughs> and we go into the international break with a lot of confidence. And we can say whatever we want, you know, it's Cardiff, they're shit, all that stuff. But the reality is, when you've won as few games as we have away from home, it's a significant achievement. And I think when you had the Arsenal fans uh, singing, um, we're winning away, how, how <laughs> shit must you be, we're winning away... It's a sign of actually there is a frailty and confidence around playing away, and we've managed to uh, quickly uh, get a result on the board. Curtis, how did you feel? I have my agreements and my disagreements. I think that um, going into this one, I, I was I was actually a bit suspect because uh, you know we might have teams like Stoke City away, gone now, 
but I actually felt like Cardiff City, like we know that their away, like we know that their home support is actually quite intimidating for whether you are an away supporter there or you're the actual team. I felt like that was it was going to be a tough one because we hadn't played them in in the recent. So I felt like that was going to be a that was going to be one. But uh, but at the same time, I feel like yeah, similarly, yeah, we were hopefully this is uh, me being the optimist, but like I feel like we're we're starting to develop on a bit of a little bit of confidence and um, you know, this plan that we have in place, it's going to take some time, but, uh, but yeah, I think that, you know, there's positive and negatives to be taken away from that, that match. But uh, I was happy as, as pie, as pie. I, I had, I, pie. I, I've got to say, Curtis, I had the same worries the, the you did. Yeah. We don't, we don't like going away to Wales. I had those nightmares. <laughs> we don't like, go, we don't like going away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, we don't go, like staying at home. Going to Wales, uh, going to Wales since we won all of those FA Cups in Cardiff back in the day yeah. has always felt like a, a a bit of a worry. Swansea yeah. was always Swansea, Swansea was Swansea always was a tough really one. Really difficult, yeah. wasn't it? It was a really difficult game. Yeah. So and it's as, a different country, you know. And, and when you when you saw that 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 shit. Fucking thug defender Morrison uh. dominating us from early on, and Neil Warnock's like puffy <laughs> face. Just thought I, I thought that I thought that there could be some problems on the cars, and we've got to be honest, guys. There, there were that problems. wasn't rosy. That wasn't uh, no, that wasn't no. a walk in the park. That I was a really really tough game. I watched the first two or three minutes and immediately thought they're oh. a lot more up for it than we are. Yeah. Well, and they looked that way to they, begin. They were, yeah. they were so much... And you, you looked at it and you thought... And I think that's the beauty of having a new coach in charge mm. because they know that they've got to just sort it out yeah. when it's like that. And it's I think, on them now. And I think they managed to put the required effort in to, um, to show that they weren't going to be bullied. It's, and it, my first thoughts about the defense because the for me the story of the day outside the victory was uh, you know our shambolic defense <laughs> is if story Pe- of the day if Petacek didn't need to play out of the back do you think that would have settled the nerves of the defense do you think what the, the he almost lights the fuse of like the the, the frayed nerves like he made a, he made a couple of shaky passes and then he tried to play through Harry Arter. Do you think that that sort of set the tone early on? First of all, I I just want to say, I think the defence is getting worse. I think so as well, yeah. Yeah. So so I was expecting to see a fairly considerable improvement, even in the first game of the season. The first Mm. game was difficult to tell because it was Man City. But I was expecting us to look much more solid in every game Mm -hmm. to begin with than than we are. And I expected to see some sort of improvement over the, as the games went on, and instead, like there's no, there seems to be much more focus on playing out from the back than there is on being solid at the back, and that's the bit that sort of surprises me because it feels like you have to start by being solid and then you start playing yeah. out from the back rather than you start doing the harder thing, even at the expense of becoming even more fragile. Yeah. And I mean, you think about, you take somebody like Czech and you've seen Czech with, I'm not going to say we've seen that at Arsenal, but you've seen him with a solid defense in front of him for some other random club that he's ever played for. But, and he, he is very much a, he just seems a much different player when when he. I mean, to be honest with you, any keeper is going to have that same confidence that, like, when you've got when you've got three or four guys in front of you that you know that can sort it, 
And, and you're definitely seeing a different side of Czech. And I don't think that's just his age and where he is now in his career. Like, you know, some, some could say he's in his, in his uh, what are they, what's that? 36. The twilight of his career. Yeah, definitely in the twilight. But, but he is. But I don't, I don't think that what you're seeing right now is a reaction of his twilight. I think that it, it is literally down to if he had so, four solid defenders in front of him that knew what, like collectively what they were doing together, I think he'd be a much different... But we said that last but week saying Peter Cech's having a great start to the season, I think. <laughs> but I think, he, I think he, he, from a goalkeeping perspective in terms of shot stopping, he's yeah. been outstanding. Well, he's doing yeah, his think, job. I think, but I think Curtis is right. Uh, our defence weren't helping him. No. Were they? You've got a player, you've got a goalkeeper who isn't particularly comfortable with balls at the back and mm. Socrates is, is <laughs> playing him in when he's got defenders running at him. Yeah. Uh, but t- to be fair to check, Liverpool spent, what, 70 million uh, euro mm. on Alisson and yeah. he made a fucking horrendous mistake and he's looked awful at the back and I'm pretty sure that when he was in Brazil, he went from being a midfielder to, to becoming a goalkeeper. <laughs> Did so, it? Yeah, so to see, to see Liverpool's goalkeeper like struggling in the, in the, in the same they way. They just have a slightly it, better defence, don't they? They have, yeah. <laughs> they've, got, they've got a better defence. But I, I, I think... Um, I'm trying I, to I, imagine if Wenger converted someone to be goalkeeper. If you, yeah. you, I'm surprised that... that, was the, that we said that um, last year. One of the, the few things that Wenger didn't try was take, taking, a, <laughs> taking a register and, and turning him into a keeper. But I, I, I think the... Um, I wonder if Emery's trying to teach his students like rocket science before he's given them like a foundation in the absolute basics and they just can't there's too many things to compute there's a there, I like what you're saying because like there's there's this thing that and and I'm sure I'm not the only one that's doing it that you know for for how many years present company included and excluded we've we said oh we need something different blah 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 and so like there's this part of me that like I'm like, okay, I want, I want to watch this and I want to see it work because I'm optimistic and, and I'm always optimistic, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm waiting to see, and it's interesting because you can't see the formation happening yet. Like I, I don't see what, what Emery's doing in the collective like as I'm not necessarily seeing the drastic differences in how the team's playing. You're seeing the, the, the slight nuances in the difference in the team's playing, but you're not necessarily seeing it. And I'm, I'm watching for those things that, what you've just said is like okay where is this gonna where is this coming out and is it working or is it working yeah trying to trying to identify what the style is because I, i'd agree well, yeah. with you because I, I was looking at the formation at the weekend i don't I see like, the style at I don't all know yet. what the fuck's <laughs> yeah. going on ozil's drifting in yeah. ramsey's playing up front at times it doesn't um it doesn't feel like there's a clear identity coming through but yeah. not not that anybody is expecting that to come through but not i think yet, yeah i think where um, i'm with matt is that I would love to see just some of the the basics being addressed. It's nice that you're playing out of the back, but yeah. I kind of feel like playing out of the back is a little bit of a luxury when you've got problems like you don't know what your centre midfield looks like, you don't know who your starting strikers are, and your defenders don't know how to... Yeah. Like, they were getting in behind us, they yeah. were getting in from crosses, like all over the place. Like, if we you're playing just out of the porous. back because you're a brick wall <laughs> and nothing comes past you, you're like, bosh, here we go. We're going to bring this forward again. Well, maybe and that's different. You know, maybe it's a bit like... When you're a kid and you have to and you learn learn French, and uh, it would actually be more helpful to have be actually being taught the language by in the basics. In the basics, yeah. But absolutely. sometimes you just got a teacher who just insists on talking French all fucking lesson, yeah. and you don't have any idea what they're talking about. But the idea being, eventually, you'll absorb it, and through osmosis, you're going to be a, 
a, a better French speaker. Maybe Emery's just the same. He's just going, you know what? I'm not going to dilute my philosophy one bit. I'm going to give you a full blast, Emery. You're going to pick it up. It's going to be a bit painful on the way, but this is going to be the fastest way. It's the equivalent yeah. of throwing a small child into a swimming pool and waiting for them to swim. And it's interesting yeah. and, and because and maybe he some of them will drown. Well, it's interesting <laughs> because he true. doesn't come off that way as a manager, but at the same time, like I feel like it would be a really great way. Like, like if you're a new manager, when you've come into a club like Arsenal that have had the same thing for forever, 22 years, right? Yeah. It, it seems like that's the way to go into it, but he, he also doesn't wear the personality that he's that guy. But at the same time, in order to be successful, I kind of feel like you have to be that way, don't you? Yeah, to be like, fuck. It, I, I, wanna, I just want to point this out because you guys have both said it. I want to say the F word. Fuck you, you learn this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I think I, I think I could see both sides of the story. Like you can either be um, a manager who like take like builds the 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 blocks uh, and takes and takes the baby steps. But I wonder whether he's been told look, top four this year is the well, yeah. minimum requirement. And there's no time that. for baby steps in the there's, Premier League anymore. Yeah, you, do, you know. And if the fans aren't on side after three months, yeah. they will never be on side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if by look- December the whole stadium's not singing his name. We're fucked. Yeah, but you look at twice. But you look at someone like Klopp, and you go, Klopp didn't really address the defense, really address it until January of this year. Van Dyke, yeah, with Van Dyke, and then he's put Allison in, and he put Cater in. Uh, But 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 you know he waited because he was just like, let's get let's get the front end going, and figure it out from there. And I have to say, some of the interplay in all of the games, apart from probably the City game between midfield and attack has been some of it's been fantastic it's been interesting yeah I, been moments I, for sure I yeah. felt the same like for, for all the negatives that can be said about the Chelsea match I felt like there were so many positives to be taken away from that match as well as there was positives um, and I, I, I definitely saw all those things that I'm guessing that you're referring to as well. And I think, so like moving, moving this subject on to where you guys are going, um, one of the positives that we've had through uh, like most of the games is Lacazette comes on and makes things more interesting. So Please let's talk about Lacazette because yeah. it's been a while since oh, I've been on this very podcast. Very true, very true. I know that like, I, I, haven't been, um, I haven't been his biggest fan, mm-hmm. but it's undeniable that when he starts mm-hmm. with Aubameyang, yeah. Things get interesting, and yeah. like he's. Um, I think uh, Steve Bold said last year that Lacazette can almost operate as a number ten at times, and like he's a hustler. He's a hustler, and Absolutely, yeah. like wasn't it fantastic to see? Uh, like, firstly, two of our strikers score two really important yeah. goals. Like Obama Yang's goal was wonderful, yeah. and like the link up play between um, Özil, uh, Lacazette, and Obama Yang mm-hmm. was um, exceptional, but. Their uh, love for each other. The synchronicity. They're, they're, yeah, the, but the little handshake that they yeah. had. Like, it was beautiful to see, like, some real charisma yeah. in, uh, in that front line. But There's a partnership that has been brewing since, since the end of Wenger. And, and it, was a, it was an interesting thing that when we originally brought on uh, Obama Yang, that everyone, I'm sure everyone was just like, you know, what's going to happen with this? And I, I think that there's a really beautiful humility that comes from Obama Yang that the... And and I'd like to compare him to a number of other players, but I'll let you guys do it. But like, there's a beautiful humility to Obama Yang that like, there's a number of situations that he finds him in that he knows he could take that and he could smash it. Mm-hmm. But I think that he knows that from a from a team perspective that it'd be like maybe one it's easier and maybe two it's going to look so much cooler when 
we partner and make this happen as a team as opposed to just being like an Ian Wright. Like Ian Wright would always take it by himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you almost feel like they're trying to make each other look good so they can play together. No, I don't know that necessarily they both are, but I think that Aubameyang is doing a really good job of, of saying like, listen, I'm here to be in the team. I'm like, he wasn't trying to take something away from Lacazette. And I think that maybe he saw something in Lacazette that loads of us fans didn't, or maybe someone like, I did. Yeah, you yeah. You're, you're definitely a fan. <laughs> so what do we, uh, like, but how, how do we feel about putting um, 60 million pounds worth of talent <laughs> on, on the wing? Like it's, a, it's a, somewhere, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind yeah, of the tactic that we've lambasted Wenger for a year. Yeah, it depends on how it works out. You I know? think that ever since he arrived, Aubameyang has been championing Lacazette. Like mm. right from day one, he almost from his first day, he was saying we should play together. Every time they've come on, they've made an impact. They have done, They yeah. seem to like playing together. It's lethal. It may not be as balanced on paper, but for some reason it works, whether it's the chemistry between them or not. I also wonder whether Aubameyang actually knows himself as a player and knows he needs someone. Because sometimes, exactly. sometimes Aubameyang can be... His goal record is, always stands up to scrutiny, but sometimes his all-round play lacks a bit yeah. sometimes you miss Giroud and and, <laughs> and and I think sometimes that, you need a Lacazette to do and that and I yeah. think that him and Lacazette can be you know a, a great offering and I think even Emery has clearly not been convinced about playing them together because he hasn't this was the first game he started them mm. together but you know now's the chance I think they're going to get they, they could get a run of games now yeah. and if they go on a little spree where they both get th- three or four goals in the next three or four games then uh, it could be a, dare I say it, a bit of a, maybe like a Dwight York and Andy Cole sort of scenario where you have the... Uh, Dennis I was, was, was going to say, I wasn't sure how far you were going to go with that, but I was almost going to say that, but Dennis, I was kind of holding myself Dennis, back. Dennis Thierry, we cannot... And, and, you can't Andy do that fucking yet. Cole pickpocketing in the changing rooms, <laughs> allegedly. But I, I do, you know, I, I feel like Lead. you saw, I feel like you saw the drizzle of that, the, the sprinkles of that last season occasionally when they would pair up. And I, and it was the, it was the thing that like, the reason that I defended Lacazette when, 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 when you were like, when you were like, when you were like, why, why would you do that? Because, because you saw that, that, that just that, that. Just that je ne sais quoi, je ne sais quoi of, of, of what could be. And, and I, and you know, as a person that like, I constantly feel like in my career, like when I work with the right people, I'm a star. When I work with the wrong people, I am the fucking janitor. <laughs> I think that, I think that like, I saw that in Lacazette and it's like, I'm pretty sure he is solid, but he needs the right people to link with. Is he the janitor or is he the genius? He's not the janitor yet. I don't think he, well, he's not the janitor. He's not gone to the janitor stage yet, but he's also not gone to the genius stage. I think that, I feel like Aubameyang might be the, the key to the janitor lounge. Somebody, somebody, I did read a, I did, I did read a, a very funny tweet that someone wrote after the game and they were, they were like absolute props to Peter Cech. Uh, because uh, without Peter Cech in training every day, there's no way Lacazette would have aimed that shot at the near post. <laughs> so, that's good. That's gold. That's quite that's good. That's gold. <laughs> so, moving on to the next subject. We're at a good pace today, guys. We're at a good pace. We're getting through this. Um, it's the mezcal. Well, this is my this is my new my new scapegoat. The new the new victim of my uh, who is um, it? Who is it's, it? It's Granite Jacker. Uh, okay. Granite fucking Jacker. But We're here like, again. Uh, it's not new. You, you it's, were... it's not new. But let, uh, look, let me tell you, uh, somebody somebody sent me a little uh, sent me a tweet yesterday, and it kind of riled me up. It's from Oh the Crab, and this guy basically wrote, 
it takes real intelligence to see what Granite Jacker offers the team. And, you know, it, there's always there's always a player that Arsenal fans get behind who's a little bit shit because people want to come across as intellectual. I think that that comes from the Arsene era when Arsene would identify a player that the fans didn't understand and then all of a sudden you've got Gilberto, the invisible wall. He's not there and we're leaking goals. So I think that there's um, there's still a bit of hangover. Someone pointed out to me the other week that Granite Jacker is the new Wenger. It's exactly the same people defending him that were defending Wenger up until February. But I'll put that aside because um, Oh the Crab has come up with quite a, a, a good argument about Granite Jacker. He's pulled some stats. Um, uh, 17, uh, 17, the final third entries for uh, Granite Jacker led... I don't understand that stat. Um, He made 85 passes, uh, six long-range passes um, out of seven attempted, five passes into the box completed, um, 110 touches, uh, which was 15.6% of all of Arsenal's touches. He made three key passes. He got one assist from a corner. Um, He got 0.5x assists. This is when I fucking get lost. Um, And basically, he he had a great game from a statistics perspective. Uh, so you have to say that there are some good aspects to the game, but much like the argument that we had about Meza Ozil last year, like this isn't NFL. You can't be great at one thing and then bad at a whole bunch of other things. So my thing is, uh, my, my, the, 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 my annoyance comes from um, isolated statistics, like where you don't look at the whole picture. And, and Twitter does this a lot. And I think there's a there's a statistic called XG buildup. Uh, which is basically a player that uh, like starts the build-up play, mm. and Granite Jacker scores like very high for that because he sits at the base of a midfield. Like he's a good passer, um, and we're a possession-based team. And I think people are getting too wrapped up in this stat because if you actually look at the weaknesses Granite Jacker has, firstly, since Granite Jacker has been in our starting eleven, we've gone from uh, a Champions League team that got absolutely spanked by Bayern Munich 10-2. He got booked in both legs, by the way. Mm. Uh, we're now a regular in the Europa League. Uh, we've gone back to that team that gets bullied by um, shit teams. Like he's weak. Uh, like teams compress him and he gets rattled and he makes stupid mistakes. And once again, we're looking at these statistics that say how great he is. But at the, at the heart of it, he gave the ball away in what the 46th or 47th minute, uh, like under no pressure at all, he tried to play a 20 yard pass. It failed and Cardiff scored. And then in the, the last 10 minutes, like he, I don't know what happened to him. Did you see like the epileptic fit moment that he had where he kind of like, <laughs> uh, and then he, he gave away a foul on the edge of the box. So that is my case against these isolated stats because they don't tell the story of a player who is consistently given the ball away in dangerous positions in almost every game of this season. And he did it all of last season. Guys, tell me I'm wrong. So I won't tell you wrong and I won't tell you you're right either. Hey, we don't do fence sitting on the Arsenal opinion. But I will say this. So for instance, let's, let's go back a week. Um, No one was going to tell you that Granite Xhaka was fantastic against West Ham. And I actually think that he was. I think he was fantastic against West Ham. And I know that it's not a popular opinion. It's probably not a popular Arsenal opinion. What? Let's see what I did there. <laughs> but but here's, here's what I say. I, I agree with you 110% on your stats thing because you can take a stat, like you can take a stat on an individual match and you can look at that and you can say, okay, fair play. When you look at a stat across the entire season, I think that's a bit more, 
gray and muddy and, and things like that. But I think that we can look at historically, and I don't think that Granite Jacka is to blame the fact that we're a fucking shit Europa League team now. But um, I think that he, he like, I, I recall when we, when we shit the bed against um, Birmingham City in a, in a cup final with a fantastic defender known as Laurent Koscielny. Um, Laurent Koscielny bore the brunt of that loss. But we can't, if you recall, Laurent Koscielny, in the face. Laurent Koscielny has a reputation that outweighs the massive mistakes he that he consistently makes in big games as but well. But you can take some of our best defences historically throughout the last 20 or 30 years that, that we would regard as, any Arsenal fan would regard as some of our best defences and say, you remember that time that... He did this or he did that because, but like because we can't because we're not wearing it closely, we forget. Like, oh, do you remember that time that you know what I mean? But I don't. I don't think I'm it's, not defending Jack. He makes David, some nasty mistakes. Yeah, this isn't a David Seaman getting love from the halfway line. Right. This is consistently in every game he does something where he gives the ball away that either leads to a like a key opportunity for the opposition or just an outright goal. So he's a polarizing player that like he because I'll say this, he does some things in games that are incredibly important from a defensive level but then yeah absolutely right he does things that are shocking that you're like fuck substitute him now have you ever seen an arsenal midfielder that important to the team that makes that many dopey mistakes no like i don't I, like even denilson there i agree with no, yeah come even, on don't even, put him in denilson like he, he, <laughs> I, I think denilson was a better player i don't you know, no, I, I, I think completely disagree he, i mean he was bland don't get me wrong but I, the, the same sort of player did, i did no i i completely disagree with that because denilson i don't feel like denilson was ever a for- didn't give a flying fuck about no. anything and he was never a forward moving player like so like I, this is where i'm saying like and i get that it seems like a fence rider like he does these things that are completely progressive um, actions, and then he does these things that are completely like, regressive. just yeah, completely regressive. But maybe it's just the optimist in me that I take like when he does good, like it looks really good. But like, you're absolutely right; he completely shits the, the bed the, the on biggest, a lot of cases. The biggest as well. issue that's, that's hurt Granite Jacker is he came in for thirty-five million, yeah. and the reality is he's come in. To a very average Arsenal team. Yeah. He is probably the best of a bad bunch. And he's been forced to play pretty much every game. And if he was an 8 million, 9 million player, we'd be like, you know, whatever. It's just that we spent 35 yeah. million on him and have, and, and have heard all this stuff about him. So he's an okay player. The reality is he's going to get phased out. I'm pretty sure of it. We've got Torreira waiting to come in. Torreira is going to be the first name on the team sheet in that in that central mid, midfield role, and then I think you know Gwendozi and Jacker are going to battle it out. And yeah. right now, Gwendozi looks like more mobile, just as good at passing, more tenacious, more up for it. But Com- do, you, do, you, do you think Emery is going to go with a nineteen-year-old and a twenty-two-year-old consistently? Do you yeah. think that you yeah. think that that's going to be his? It's tough to say because I would say this: like, like I I like Gwendozi a lot, and but he. And you can say, yeah, younger player, but like he's made some really diabolical mistakes as well. It's the same thing, but at least he's got, you know, he's a few young. years younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's got a cool haircut. He's, yeah, he's got a cool haircut. <laughs> yeah, him, yeah. He, he's he's bringing the party with a haircut. So, so you, 
Matt, you said the other week that you thought the reason that Jack persists in the side is because you can't have two players Young. new to the Premiership as well playing in a centre midfield. Well, not when so you've you got a new manager, amazing. right? Is that is that too is that too risque? Well, I, 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 this is um... look. He's look. Let's face it. He is not great, but he's not terrible. He's fine, and he rarely costs us a game. He often contributes to something vaguely positive. He's absolutely <laughs> fine. He's like a ten million. Is it like a ten million pound player? That's uh, the warmest water I've ever felt. Like the cool, cool slash warm water. Like the the. He's what do you fine. Call that? The water. It's like the baby pool. He's fine. But do, 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 do you think keep him on the bench? He do, can do, play home games. Like for fine. Is is but this, See, I think he's better than that. But does it does this come back to the original point that we were making about the defense? Okay, like he brings a lot to our ability to move the ball forward, but sometimes you just need fucking solidity well, in yeah. the base of midfield, uh, who, right? right? So right. maybe let, we have let, to let sacrifice. Me ask a question. Who would you, you need re- someone else more defensively there to, to let, mop up, right? Yeah. Let me ask you this, right? This is a little game. I like games. Who do you mm. prefer? Who do you prefer? El Nene or Jacka? Just be starting. Left. Um, if, if I'm honest, right, um, I would actually take I would actually take Jack starting. Yeah. Okay, Pete, just I, starting. I, yeah, I, I don't want him. I don't want him for the full ninety minutes. Uh, I, 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 Jack. Yeah, Jack, come on. Now I'm going to ask yeah. another question. Do you think Elton Eddie's a shit player? No. I think I think he's very plain. He's yeah. So we're both saying that Jacka is better than an okay player like El Nenny. Yes. And he's better than him. So he's not that fucking bad, is he? No. What? But who's saying that? that I, wasn't, was, I was never I, saying that. I, 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 you gave me shit. <laughs> Don't play that game again. <laughs> All right. Okay. So he just, he just sopped it up with his big mop. Yeah. <laughs> so. So we give him. A, so I, I think that that moves us nicely on in uh, into the final third, uh, the final phase, the action. Are we going to score a goal in this third? Uh, well, I hope so. I hope so. You guys, are, I feel like you guys lines. feel like you guys have been hitting the ball over the bar from <laughs> six yards this whole pod. So We're defending well. Uh, yeah. So I think the a big, uh, almost the theme of the first four games for Emery has been selection dilemmas. He's got yeah. selection dilemmas all over the park. Um, one of uh, one of the, the the narratives that's running on Lagrove at the moment, a guy called Sescapil, who uh, who writes in the comment section, has been pushing it. But his view is that uh, Emery is bottling, making the the big decisions. He's going he's going half Emery, like he's he's making like small tweaks here and there, one or two. But he's not he's not absolutely. Rocking the joint. He's playing players based on reputation versus playing the players that are right for his system. So, 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 I've got a really, really strong point of view on this, and that is when you start the season, everyone goes, "Don't look at the table after four games. Look at it after ten, right?" And that's like a fair point because everyone it sort of settles down by then, and you sort of know who's going to have a good season and a bad season, and you sort of know what what each team is going to be capable of. and I think the same is for the manager. He's got 10 games to figure out what the right lineup is. And actually, you know, playing this, play, finding a winning team from game one, it'd be nice, but it's, it's really, really, really unlikely. So he's got 10 games to figure it out. And you know how it is. You, you know that even with some of Wenger's 
teams that have gone on to achieve things, a lot of the times he's stumbled across something. He's stumbled across Coquelin and Cazorla. Stumbled he, across Flamini. He stumbled <laughs> across... Fl- Ashley Cole. It's, yeah, exactly. So you need to just... And, and I think the same... It, you, the Obama Young Lacazette feels something similar. Like, didn't think it was right. Born out of necessity or, and, you know, just... It, and had, it was nothing was going with, with all the other options he was playing. And it, and it comes and it turns into something, you know? And I think the same is true here. And I think, well, give him 10 games. Why would he go and, like, like make a call now on stuff that he doesn't need to? Yeah. He's got these games... Well, if if we can win these eight games or win seven out of eight, and by the end of it we're pretty much we've got like nine out of eleven, sort of first, you know nine of the eleven first team. You've got Torreira bedded in. The defense is working a bit better. Then he's got he's done really well. And if he's mm. kept people happy in the process, why is he gonna like isolate someone after th- th- three or four games? Especially when two of them are against two of the hardest games yeah. we'll have all season. Yeah. So he's far more. He's, it's going to be much more interesting to to wait and see what happens over over ten. I. No, you go. I I I agree because you know again I I said this point at the at the start of of the pod is that you know uh, for the last for some people last as many as five seasons we've we need a change, we need a new manager, all these things. And, and in a lot of cases, you need to, you need to give a new manager with a new, with a new perspective time to figure it out. And, and, and there's some, I guarantee that if we were to talk to him at end of season, he's going to say, well, you know, I made some mistakes at the start of the season while figuring it out, but like you have to make mistakes in order to figure it out sometimes. And you have to, you have to learn and you have to grow from it. I think that there's some there's some really remarkable things though. Is the the one contrast to a to a Wenger is that um, that uh, Emery's not your stubborn. I'm just going to do like you've seen him make these changes that like we as fans that have that have year in year out watch the Arsenal be like oh why did he do that because we're looking at looking at it from this view but he's he's coming in as the new manager and he's like I'm not going to be I'm not going to just be stubborn for the sake of it he's he's he feels that he needs to make a change and in three months he might be like well i'll never do those changes again but you have to i feel like you have to do those things in order to see if they work so you think he's making you're pleased with the changes you like the fact that he's dropping Urzel. you like the fact that he'll pull rams you think that he's making big decisions already I'll, I'll say yes and no like in in the heat of it absolutely not i'm like what the fuck was that but like I recognize him, him trying to do things that like might not be um, conventional, might not be comfortable because he he wants to see what's going to happen. I think that the thing that's happening with him and Ozil, you re- you've read about it in the media, like that could be something personal where just like mate, just you just need to sit out this week because this isn't this isn't happening. But but I think that he's not afraid to pull a change based on like not not stats not actually the profile of the player but like i think that he's pulled changes that like everyone else has been upset about but he just felt like he needed to do based on what was the situation definitely made bold change bold decisions because let's face it not steve bold he's not playing not steve bold he's he's not he's not playing his new 20 million dollar 20 million pound goalkeeper at the moment despite the guy he's playing clearly being uncomfortable playing Mm -hmm. out the back he's still deciding to go for that Mm -hmm. uh He's not playing the defensive midfielder that uh, 
that we all thought was going to be the key guy, and mm. I think will be the key guy. I think he will guy. as well, yeah. Definitely. He's playing, a, he's playing a 19-year-old who he plucked from the French second division and starting him every game in central midfield in an area, you know. Th- those are not decisions that, you know, it'd be far easier for him to be pl- started Torreira as soon as we lost two games going, we need solidity. Lena from the start because he wants to play out from the back. You know, he's doing it his way. Yeah. And that's what that's what gives me hope for the future. So on, on the on the biggest issue or the biggest the biggest challenge that he's got for me is that his most expensive players cannot all play together. Like he cannot play them all together. So I will bring Cardiff as an example. Um, Mkhitaryan dropped. Um, Aaron Ramsey playing at number ten. Mm. Um, Meza Özil on the right. It it didn't work. Um, um, realistically, uh, it's questionable whether it's going to work mm. moving forward. Like the, the the squad can't deal with Mkhitaryan, Özil, and Aaron Ramsey all playing together. Um, like, w- w- where does it? Where does he go with uh, a challenge like that? He's like three hundred and fifty. You can't put three hundred and fifty grand a week on the bench. Well, I hope that he's he's at some point in training each week. He's trying to figure that out because, like you said at, at the start of the the podcast, like on paper. These, these, I mean, selectively on a, and on paper, these these players together should be able to make a Man City, and I use them as a because it just seems like now they're, that team is linking up, even though they're not on the top right now, like Liverpool. But those players individually and 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 together, ideally, should make it happen. And I think that it's it will show a lot about him as a manager to make that happen because it should happen. And and I hope that it will. I think there'll be a, and there'll be there'll be casualties. Well, of course, you know, there always, there always and, is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the most obvious one feels like Mickey Tyrant at the moment. I can't see him him lasting. Do you do you think? Really? I I think the Mickey Tyrant has to play on the right. Like uh, Bellerin was kind mm, of impotent yeah. considering his like electric start to the season at least moving forward boogie woogie woogie yeah but, uh, but does uh, <laughs> the second but the second half against Cardiff when Ozil started to drift mm. in yeah. someone was suggesting that maybe we play like a 4-2-2 two um, and because that <laughs> that might be it feels like it's a weird formation to talk about but I know that they play it in a Leipzig play um, play that yeah. formation like that maybe that could accommodate the players but you you, you, you can't spend 200 grand a week on Mkhitaryan and keep him on the bench and also like he he, he offers that work rate that Meza probably isn't going to offer out on the right like See, he doesn't have the industry I don't think I'm not going to go down that that rabbit hole because like there's always that argument about the way that Ozil plays versus everyone else and mm-hmm. I think he's plays smart versus hard but I am on the Ozo camp on that. But but I think that, again, we have to remember we're four games in. We're, we're in with the new manager. And surely, yeah, some of the players came in preseason early enough because they felt compelled to do so, new manager, new et cetera, et cetera. But we're four games in, and I don't think that we're going to – I don't think that we're going to see the end of the season. And and let's chalk it into the, into the concrete. I don't think that we're going to face the end of the season where you're not going to see – those things happening. I would be shocked uh, if you just said, I would be absolutely shocked if what Matt said that Mkhitaryan doesn't make it. I don't think that he's going to be the casualty of this. Cause I I'd think agree. that I'd agree. I yeah. think he is an incredibly smart player. And I think that if the manager 
is in the in the headspace that I am holding him to already. I think that the manager knows that, and he's needing to figure that out. And he's saying, "Okay, how do I?" It's like, how do you take a bunch of really good talents and make them work really well together? And I think that that's that's going to be the burden that the the manager is going to need to overcome in in the next what four to six I think matches. The, the other thing which throws it all into a bit of uncertainty is he doesn't know whether he's going to lose Aaron Ramsey. Mm. He could well, lose true, Aaron Ramsey very in true, three yeah. months. I reckon so, he's gone in January. So he he can't burn his bridges with anyone because he may need them once Ramsey's gone yeah. or if Ramsey goes in January. And you know he's not gonna. They'll sell him in January if yeah. If, uh, and if there's that, no that that'd be psychologically damaging, like it was last season when you feel like maybe or maybe he's maybe but maybe we'll actually have a plan where we'll go. You know what we're doing? We're doing pretty good. Yeah, he's still stalling. Let's go and do something. Let's go and sell him and try and bring in. You know, Lamar from Monaco, yeah. or like, do go, like go big and go. Well, are you are you comparing psychologically damning to uh, Alexis? Oh, uh, yeah, because I, I actually look at that oddly enough. I look at that as one of as as crazy as it seems. I look at that as one of the positive things that we did because, despite everything else, I feel like when when Alexis was gone, I felt like a lot of the team finally came like. They weren't the best team. It, it was positive for one game, and then it went completely to shit, though, didn't it? Like, we didn't win an away game. Yeah, because our, well, our second half of the season last year was so strong. It was. Yeah. <laughs> that but, run. But it, if we, yeah. the other problem is... I looked at it, at it collectively, and I felt like it was, it was a good thing. It was like trimming some really bad fat. Here's the other worry about the Ramsey bit. Is, um, Ramsey will well, be a hit. No, the, the, the problem with the Ramsey bit is that Ivan Gazidis still hasn't decided... <laughs> whether he's going to stay or go. I mean, I can't believe if he's getting a stake in Milan that he's going to stay, but, but we're not going to... Mm. I'd be shocked if Arsenal could hire a CEO in three months. That's not yeah. the sort of thing that you pull out your ass, is it? I, I, so I, well, I wonder how that's going to impact it. I, well, I, I don't, I, it's from the, the club are irritated that Ivan hasn't made a decision yet. I mean, yeah, you would imagine that they... But everyone else, if, if you're in a position of leadership, everyone else is looking at the same time, all right, like... Let's have some conversations. I know this guy. I know this guy. I know this guy. You know that guy. I know that guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everyone's having a conversation, whether or not, and and it wouldn't be rude to even suggest that, even if Gazidis decided to stay. Well, to I be tell, like, I tell you what, though, it would be it would be te- it would be a telling appointment if um, Gazidis leaves, uh, because I, I don't know whether you guys read. Uh, I think the LA Times wrote a fawning piece about Stan Kroenke. They were like the real MVP. Uh, the LA Rams, fuck Stan Kroenke. He's like he's just made the most expensive uh, like contract uh, signing for defensive. That's going to amount to fuck all. Well, I, I, yeah, I hope we so. know this by now. Yeah, but I, I hope so. But he's I think that nothing. Big. The only thing that we should be talking about in our in what could be a fucking terrible season is that cunt taking over. Fucking anyway. <laughs> I got some rage. Got some rage. Okay. See, I have some in me too. Yeah. Come on. You, yeah. you love the cursing today. Said the C word, which goes. in America is, is a bad word. Yeah, I'm you just going to talk quietly now. Um, right. Okay. All right. Well, that, uh, that's it, isn't it? Wait, that, is that it? That, well, let's flip it. it. Let's flip that's it a little it. Well, bit. Well, no, no, actually. Do you know what? Before we... Uh, let's talk something good. Before we go, um, I think the... We, we did this last year for Wenger, mm-hmm. uh, the, the half-term scorecard. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, give us a quick synopsis of... I, I know that you've both spoken extensively about Emery but like how do you feel it's going like so far uh B a B a B yeah I think uh he's come in 
He's not been doesn't seem to be overawed. Um, the reality is he's got the absolute bare minimum of points. Yeah. In that uh, we've got four out of eight, and we really needed. Uh, we needed. Or four out of nine. Uh, six, no, we got six out of twelve. <laughs> uh, right. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, we got six. We got six points out of twelve, and, yeah. we, re- and we really needed seven. Yeah, we really needed to have, to have taken a point from one of our first two. So even two wins, a draw, a defeat. But, but we got the bare minimum. We got two wins against shit teams. And uh, look, I've always said it. This is the whole thing. Win seven out of eight, and when we go to Liverpool, be up there. Mm. And we've had a good start. So. We're on our way. Yeah, and I think if if the t- if the if the um, uh, if the fixtures were reversed, and maybe we'd start against two poor teams, and we won, and we'd lost the last two, then I might slightly feel different because just the Momentum. color of the room would be slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you, you have to, you kind of have to look at it as like, yes, we still have we have a lot of growing to do. Like, and again. You had a manager for 22 years and you have a brand new manager who's, he's, he sounds like he's learning to speak English fairly well, which is mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, and, and you look at that and you have to say, you know, this is what everyone's wished for for quite some time and it's going to take some time. I can't, I can't not be somewhat positive about it because it seems, it, I will say this, it seems like he has a, um, what's the word? It seems like he has a vision. And what's the great if, Curtis? What? What's the grade? I'm, it's funny because I'm talking this positive. I'm going to throw out a C. Ooh, a C. Um, because because the, numbers, the numbers are where we are. He's a C, but, but a C is still average. And a C can lead to positive or we can absolutely fuck off the cliff. But, I see, yeah, yeah. It's you know, in the US, isn't it? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I'm. I'm. I'm going to give him a B as well. Yeah. I'm going to give him a B. Uh, he's. We've got two wins, which is kind of like where we would have been last year. Um, we're scoring goals. The defense is to the shambles, but I think he inherited that, and he's made a few big decisions that I've been impressed with. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care what anyone says, he dropped Meza Özil uh, because he threw a fit about his position. In my opinion, I think that dropping Ramsey after he. He played poorly in the mm. only game of the season. Was great, yeah. Um, and I am excited not to have to look at the same thing every week. And I, I tell you, the, the the most exciting thing about stubborn. Emery, yeah, the, the most exciting thing about Emery for me is I'm now watching the games. And I, I don't mean that I wasn't watching them before, but you know, like you get, I watch the game with the phone down, uh, and I, I pay a lot closer attention mm. because I could I could write a match report before. And I wouldn't even need to see the game. I'd know exactly what was coming. I'd do that for about five years. Now you watch the game because there are so many interesting things happening. Yeah. We're making halftime substitutions. Like he's trying Hitting to play out seventy six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he's transitioning the uh, the ball in a different way. Right. And the, we've got we've got some exciting players um, that, that, that we're hoping to develop. So overall, he's going to get a B. I, I think there's big tests because the Europa League comes. Um, after the international break, I believe. So it's got some long travels there. But overall... Azerbaijan, yeah. yeah. Azerbaijan. Um, where is it? Ukraine? Ukraine. Uh, yeah, that's a, a... Google Google Maps couldn't even find uh, the... <laughs> the like, what one. they called? Quarabag. That one, yeah. As a, you notice I didn't bother yeah. saying that one. <laughs> Six uh, 6,000 capacity stadium. So uh, very, very small. 
Okay. Which could be really nasty. Yeah, it would be a fun away oh. game, wouldn't it? Yeah. Be, no. You yeah, would not. Yeah, what's going to be going on there? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do. All right, okay. Uh, thank you uh, for joining us again, Curtis. It's been great having you back. Thank you for having me back. Thank you, Matt, as always. Thanks, Pete. Brilliant, and we'll catch you soon. Enjoy the pod. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Sports Social Podcast Network.